2: The more people that I actually meet, holy fuck, this happens to a lot of people. It felt like this safe community of people that just understood what it felt like. And that was a big thing of not feeling so alone.
1: It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen in the big sit you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi beautiful nuggets and welcome to a brand new episode of almost adulting previously known as too tired to be crazy with me your bestie your big sister and your host violet benson today's episode is basically our last episode to close off mental health month of may with bella thorne it's such a good episode so i'm really excited for it i hope you will love it as much as i loved it it's really good But make sure that after you listen to this episode, if you want to catch it on full video, you can catch it tomorrow on our Almost Adulting YouTube channel. So don't forget, every Thursday, the episode comes out. And then the next day, Friday, guess what? The YouTube video of that episode is out. If you love this episode, tomorrow you will be able to watch it fully on YouTube on almost-adulting YouTube channels, so make sure you subscribe. Okay, before we get started with this episode, I wanted to cover some pop culture for you. The first story we're gonna start off with is actually the bachelor party I went to last week of one of my good friends, Tasha. She threw the most amazing, lavish bachelor party out there. I mean, it was insane. I don't know how she did it, but I actually slept through half of it. I only know about it because... (laughs) I got to see pictures and videos of what was happening when I wasn't around. Unfortunately, I'm just like tired and for me, once I hit 30, I go to sleep at 9. I can't help myself. And even if I try to do drugs, not that I do, but if I have, I still fall asleep. (laughs) It just doesn't hit the way it used to. Not that I do drugs, I'm just saying. Anyway, the funniest part that happened was that one night she decided to do a club night. And basically at her house, she has, and like downstairs, there's like a little room where she created a club from that room. And then she decided to invite men for the women from the bachelorette party who are single. She hired a security guard. She tried to make it super fancy. So she hired a security guard and NDAs. So any men that entered had to sign NDAs because all the girls were in lingerie. So none of the guys were allowed to take any photos, any videos or anything to, you know, secure our privacy. And mind you, my friends, the girls we were doing The Bachelorette with, they're not like super famous girls or anything like that. It's just, you know, they have nine to five. That's why it was like, it was hilarious. It was like a joke and it was really funny to do this. So the first group of guys that shows up, this is the funny part where the pop culture comes in. It's a few boys and one of them is Zac Efron. (laughs) So Zac Efron signs an NDA (laughs) so he can hang out with my friend Tasha and her group of Bachelorette girls. Including myself, obviously, in lingerie. So he has to sign an NDA. He's not allowed to take photos. Not allowed to take videos. And it's Zac Efron, he's the one that signs an NDA. That's why it's so funny. It was so hilarious to all of us. And by the way, he is so nice, so friendly. Everyone bonded with him super fast. Everyone was like having a blast with him. Unfortunately for me, I accidentally took edibles, and it was not the vibe. I forgot what it's like when you take edibles. I was basically, I think, just drooling on myself without realizing. I could not speak. I was just staring into space and then I remember at one point I sat down and Zach beelined to me to try to have a conversation with me. He even was holding my hand to be super friendly and I was just staring at him blankly and I don't really know what came out of my mouth but I'm pretty sure I accidentally got a mix. I like I knew it was Zach but I accidentally got a mix up with someone else and then I was just like wait i'm sorry oh my god oh my god i thought you were someone else uh sorry i just i'm so fucked up right now i'm so sorry and then he's just like what no i'm zach i'm zach efron (laughs) like no i know who you are bro (laughs) but like i don't know why my brain was just not processing it so the point that then i think i tried to compliment the movie he just did because i worked on it on daddy issues But instead, something completely different came out of my mouth because all I know, right after that, he threw my hand out of his hand. He got up and he was like, well, I'm sorry I did such a shitty job on this movie. I'm sorry to disappoint you. And he walked away and I was like, huh? (laughs) So overall, I don't think he'll be calling me. It did not go well for me. I clearly (laughs) lost my game, lost my touch. I have no idea how to talk to men anymore. Unlike me, though, the rest of my friends had a blast with Zach Efron. Apparently, when I left to go to sleep, all the girls from the bachelor party, every single one of them made out with Zach Efron. So he was everyone's party favorite. He was the best. He's the 15th bridesmaid at this point. Everyone loved him. Everyone was in a chat with him and text messages, except me, of course. Yeah, did not work out for me. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks so there goes my chance with Zach but I'm just gonna tell myself you know it wasn't meant to be there's someone else out there for me <laughs> that's why I just keep telling myself you know the right time it'll come this wasn't it so that's that anyway second story that we have for pop culture it's Bachelor Nation so basically Becca Kay and Thomas Jacob shared that they recently got engaged as a lot of you know who follow the Bachelor Nation stuff, Becca has been proposed to twice already, but neither of those engagements ever worked out for her very well. So this time, she decided to do something a little bit different. Becca got down on one knee and proposed to Thomas. I'm all for women taking control of the situation, but I'm not gonna lie, for me personally, this is where I draw the line. Like for fuck's sake. Why are we making things so much easier for men? Like. How much easier can we make it for them at this point? Like, can they just not make any effort anymore? Like how much lower, can I lower my expectations at this point? So for me personally, it's a pass. And plus, as you're gonna hear on this episode, for Bella and I, we're both into romance with men putting a lot of effort in. That's just how we like to be courted. Maybe it's the Libras in us, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this in the comments on the podcast IG. So I'd love to know how you feel about it. If it's a big yes or a big no, let me know. Now, on to not-so-happy story. I have an update on last week's uh, story with Liam Payne from One Direction. As you know, last week, his fiancée at the time, Maya, who is now his ex-fiancée, she found out that he was seeing another girl because accidentally the fan accounts were tagging Liam with some other girl who they thought was Maya. And she was like, hey guys, that's not me. And just like you, I'm finding out that he's cheating on me (laughs) at the same time as you on Instagram. So just days after that, their engagement was called off, duh. And then to make things more messy, Aliana Mala, his new girl, they were already spotted getting cuddly at the airport, giving no fucks about what just happened. And then apparently, Aliana also addressed the rumors that it is true that she did start dating Liam while he was still in a relationship slash engaged to model Maya of three years. I'm not really sure how that's something you're going to brag about and I'm not really sure why you want to admit something like that but if I have one piece of advice for you it would be this how you get them is how you lose them. If you don't believe me just ask Khloe Kardashian period. So I personally would never have bet on Liam being the messy one from One Direction, but here we are. And lastly, the last story we have is Brooklyn Beckham Peltz revealed that he got a tattoo of his vows to Nicola Peltz on his arm. And it's not like a small tattoo. This thing is huge. Not only that, he also has Nicola's eyes tattooed on the back of his neck. Maybe it's to remind him and other girls that she's always watching. I don't know, but overall, I think it's a really cute gesture and I would love to find me a man that's willing to cover every inch of his body in tattoos dedicated to me. I mean, that man exists, and his name is Pete Davidson, but he's currently taken, so I'm okay with settling for a Splenda version of him. So if there's any takers, feel free to email my dad. And that's the end of today's pop culture segment. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Bella. I hope you love it as much as I loved it, and have a beautiful day, besties. Mwah. Okay, so it feels almost unnecessary to introduce to you my guest today because I know you all know who she is. Today, I'm interviewing Bella Thorne. Bella started modeling before she was even a year old, and she's been working ever since. You all probably know her from her Disney Channel show, Shake It Up, but today, Bella's here to talk about something a little different. Bella has been incredibly open about past traumas and struggles with mental health, which makes her the perfect person to bring Mental Health Month to a close. Hi. Hi, Bella, and welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> you've been around for so many years. I mean, you're you've been on Disney. You've been around since nine. I think eight or nine is when you started. Uh-huh. Right?
2: Yes. Before Disney, yes.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. before Disney. So what would you say? What's something weird about you that most people don't know?
2: I can eat however many jalapenos you dare me to. I just eat them all. I love spicy food, like a lot. Sometimes I worry between all the acidic food that I eat with the spicy food that I'm going to get an ulcer and that just like really worries me. (sighs) Yeah, this is what I think about late at night when I'm eating my jalapeno cheeseburger.
1: The weirdest thing about me, I would say one of them. There's a lot. I constantly imagine scenarios in real life of where... If there was a crime, how would I handle it? If someone's about to attack me, like how would I attack them? I think about that too. Attack, yes.
2: And like you know, when you're looking at like apartment spaces or houses and stuff, and you're like, you know, if I had to like jump out this shit, and somebody was about to come up in here, like how would I get out? What's the fastest way? Yes. Like you know, I lo- okay.
1: Okay, we're the same. I didn't, okay. I didn't know that was a weird thing. What is something that a lot of people always assume about you?
2: I think people probably assume that i'm like crazy but i just feel like i'm not that crazy like you know i feel like people just have this misconception of like oh bella Thorne, like you she out there and i'm like am i out there out where yeah in the wilderness in the (laughs) cities where am I? i i would love to know how far i am out there because i just you know i i don't know i just feel like it's pretty normal
1: yeah I agree. I think you're pretty normal. Right? Yeah.
2: You know me. Yeah.
1: So what's the weirdest thing a fan ever asked you? (laughs) I don't know, but I feel like I've
2: been asked some pretty odd things. Definitely like signing a lot of like, you know, um, body parts. I feel like that's always a little like, oh, your boobies are out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just a little, um, yeah. nice to meet you and boobies. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's always awesome. Those people that do ask her that are always awesome. Like they're just cool people that are just like, oh man, can you like sign this? And you're like, sure. And they're just like, fuck yeah. And, uh, that's dope. Yeah. yeah. I love meeting
1: people. <laughs> I feel like the weirdest thing I've ever been asked sometimes I get asked to have threesomes with like, oh, a I've couple. been asked that yeah. so many times. That's what I thought Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I've considered it.
2: There was one time. <laughs> <laughs> there was. There was. <laughs> um, yeah
1: let's go back really quick obviously we're gonna dive into mental health and all that i know you're really passionate about it right now but starting off you know you've been acting since you were a child how did you get into acting so young do you resent getting into acting so young
2: no i always wanted to be an actress when i was younger and i did i started modeling since i was six weeks old that is not a joke
1: oh right you were such a beautiful child i remember i saw some pictures thank you very much i was actually
2: a really ugly baby supposedly that i was just like really gangly looking and i was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck so i was blue and like discolored for a while and then i had supposedly like long nails and mm. long toenails which makes sense my nails grow pretty long so.
1: well they actually say like I feel like whenever babies are super ugly or the ones ends up being really good looking when they're older it's like a thing Thank you so I would know I was really ugly really yeah cheers to that yeah that's right so and now look at me yeah so uh-huh okay.
2: madda I started um, modeling when I was young, and I always wanted to be an actor, but then I was, um, I'm dyslexic, and so I was also bullied, and then everyone was just like, that will never happen for you because acting is reading. Then my brother started acting, and he booked what we thought was a commercial, but it wasn't a commercial. It was a series uh, for a show called Four Kings, and then he was actually the one that was like, when i was eight he was like you know what does it matter if you if you try and fail like who's really gonna know like the people in florida they're gonna know if you like couldn't do it like come on um and he was actually the one that pushed me to actually start acting
1: Aww. and
2: so yeah very thankful for that
1: i love stories like this because a lot of people don't realize how much you have to hear no's and how many times you have to fail Mm -hmm. before that one thing hits and like even a story like this where if you would have listened to other people what they said you would have never been where you are
2: never been here for sure yeah yeah that's i think that That has worked its way into everything in my life. I I wasn't a dancer when I got Shake It Up. I had two left feet and learning how to dance for that show and doing that, like everyone's like, you're not going to be able to do this, did it. Acting, dyslexia, boom. Like, especially with writing as well, like I've been into so much writing and that's another thing with dyslexia that I shouldn't be able to do and succeed in. And, you know, it just always, that mentality throughout my life I've always pushed that and tried to strive for it and I feel like the older I get the more scared you get you know it's like yeah. realizing you can like break a bone when you're climbing a fence or some shit and yeah. you're like the older you get you're like you know she wants to <laughs> guy's? Oh, no. um, that kind of shit and I feel like it's good to keep with that very young mentality of pushing yourself of you know I can really do this even if it's scary um,
1: yeah and plus like a I'm dyslexic as well so I can definitely late okay. and i've talked about it before my podcast when i i created a blog before i created daddy issues and when i created a blog some girl was like oh my god that's so embarrassing she's a terrible writer what is she doing and i deleted that blog that week and then years later i created daddy issues for my own bitch didn't know what she
2: was talking about i know but then years later
1: i created daddy issues and it was the same thing the girl was like what is that girl doing and at this time i didn't care and i continued daddy issues and it became a success obviously so i Mm -hmm. think a lot of times people look at their trades like it's something bad but really makes you more unique like dyslexic Uh means you're more creative Mm -hmm. and you have like other outlets Mm -hmm. to express yourself yes so, yeah. Aww. You know. Yo, fuck that bitch. In the end of the day, when people say things like "What is that person doing?" blah blah, it's because they're too scared to follow their dreams. They're too scared to do something. That's really where it's coming from. They're fearful and uh-huh. they can't imagine someone else actually pursuing and doing what they want to do. That's yeah. really where and it comes I think from. That,
2: you know that that is a normal thing, though. It's like you you know there there this is technically a negative quality, but we all do it, and some people do it to such a negative extent, like that, where they are really like so hateful of other people in their dreams and their outlooks and that kind of stuff. But I feel like, you know, when I look at that stuff and I'm like, yo, I would never do that to someone though. But then, you know, you have to study deeper into your own habits and like any time that you do say something that's like a little bit negative or, you know, when, when I was younger and I was much more insecure, like looking at people on Instagram and being like, oh, I don't look like this or like that or that kind of stuff. And, you know, I just had to cut all of that stuff out of my life because it was like making me like jealous and like feeling like inner hateful and i was like i don't yeah. want to speak these thoughts because no one deserves these thoughts and they're negative and like tearing down someone else to make you feel better is like this like heat of the moment thing that we do is like a snap just to like i don't know like stab as as soon as we're stabbed we're like step back and yeah. that just yeah, it's 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 unhealthy. And I think that we do it so much in ways that we don't even realize. And just to now have that thought and trying to apply that to your life going forward of like noticing little things that you do and being like, you know, I, I don't want to be that person. Um, and it's yeah. not doesn't make me feel good. It's not it's not healthy for my growth.
1: What do you do on days that you do feel bad if you are feeling not so good about yourself? Like, how do you stop yourself from? Going Going down down that path, especially on social media.
2: Oh, well, first of all, stay off of Instagram forever. Um, no, sorry. When, when you're feeling these, these you know, you're, you're, you're feeling a little anxious or you're feeling a little hateful in the inside or you're starting to pick at your face or, you know, your body or your whatever it is that you are, you know, going on about. As soon as you start to notice those things, then it's like th- those feelings are normal. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to wipe them away and be a fucking, you know, clean mm-hmm. baby. Like yeah. it is what it is. But I think that once you start to feel that, noticing the triggers around you, that makes that worse like Instagram. Like if I'm starting to feel negative or just like starting to feel a little cunty or sad, like depressed sad, oof, Instagram, terrible place to be if you're in that place. Just don't even open it. Don't do it. It's just not good. I think that playing mental games to get you out of that space, like there's, I know it sounds a little dumb, but it's it does work. Like board games and different mental games that you can play that you can go online and research different things that would like intrigue you because what you have to do is you have to work your brain in a different way to get out of that mental space. My therapist taught me this thing where when I was like the worst part is is like not one negative thought, not two, not three, when it starts to become not beneficial, right? Because there's constructive criticism Okay, one thing. And then there is just hateful, hateful on yourself. And that is just oof. So as soon as the thoughts start to become not helpful in the way that there's nothing you can do to change these things that you're thinking about really, get get out of that place because that's just this spiral that just starts going down and down and down and and one thing that helps that my therapist taught me is she says that it really also helps with lighter objects like neons and light color things but I think it helps with any object I've noticed you pick something up and you put it down you pick it up again oh my god I read about this yeah okay not that, that helps trick the brain just to it just interrupts that thought pattern just so that the brain is like oh now my body's doing something okay now it's doing it again and then okay clean new thoughts you can't just go back to the old thoughts or else you're gonna have to do this again but it does break the spiral
1: it's it's um it's I read There's about a it so long it. ago. It's something, yeah. I forgot the name for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's something about you suddenly being in the present. So you escape your thoughts and you're kind of like, I'm here right now. And that's by being Because my body to has to do objects. something. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I like that. And you're pretty, you've been pretty open about it also. Like how to, you don't like to use filters and like you're, yeah. you don't like to use Photoshop and because you also I like just, posting your worst pictures uh-huh. yeah. on Instagram to uh-huh. make other people feel normal. Uh-huh. So, right, right, right.
2: Yeah. I think that there is this beauty in so funny. Okay. For instance, like my trainer, Sarah, she's like telling her about this audition I have to do and something's hard and whatever it is. And, um, then she's like, Oh, you're going to do it. Then she sees me the next day and she's like, Oh, Hey, did it go well? I'm like, Oh. Bro, it was terrible like I feel bad like I just don't know like this is just this character it's just not me like and I mean I'm forcing it it's just I can't pull from anything in my life to make this feel real for me in this in this instance of this role and she looked and she was just like why don't I was like yeah so I just I don't think I'm gonna do the audition instead and she's like oh but everything seems so perfect like you were gonna do it and you were talking about it and i was like yeah and she and she just she looked at me and she was like wow and I just, you just always have it together and everything is always so amazing from your life of like what I see and what she, you know, knows about uh, my public appearance. And I'm just like, yeah, that shit is good to know. Like you may think that people like have it together or have this life that you can't possibly have because somehow they have it and you don't. No, it's not like that. And it's not as pretty as you would like to think it is. Although at times it's beautiful but. of
1: course but what do you have to say for people that on the outside look at you and think like oh well, she must have such an easy life obviously you've gotten criticism like that in the past where it's like well if someone like you says well i have anxiety or i'm having a bad day it's like okay but you're famous and rich like how can you have a bad day mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm. I'm not sure how I feel about that. You know, there's there's one part that
2: uh, I'm a Libra, so I always have to uh, argue both options or even argue something that I completely don't agree with just because someone's not arguing the point or debating the point just because, you know, points have to be heard. So Libra scales. Anyways, um, (laughs) side note of my thought process. Hmm. I think that as far as the obvious ones like yeah, life can sometimes be a little shitty and things happen in life that suck happens to all of us things in life that change you forever personal tragedies things that are ptsd nightmares like i'm talking real things that you can look at anyone and think that they have a great life or they have a bad life or this or that and and really the idea is like they probably have both of those things you know life is both of the things you can't have the bad without the good and so there's always going to be both so it depends on how you what your view is how you look at things. Like if you have a bad day, are you going to think that you're, you know, always in a bad place? Like, are you going to look at the darker side of things? Are you going to try to look at the lighter side of things? And then like, actually I had two good days this week and that felt pretty good. You know, I was in a rut. It just depends on how you look at it. And so if people go, well, you must not have a bad day because you have money and you're famous. It's like, "Mm, well, I mean, I guess you could say that having money makes my life easier is that what you're saying that life is perfect because you have money like I'm just trying to understand what behind that mentality. Well, is Jim, like- Carrey,
1: Jim Carrey did say, I hope everybody could get rich and famous and will have everything they ever dreamed of so they will know that it's not the answer. And mm-hmm. I love that and I agree with that. I think it's so much easier to look at people who have something you don't have and think like, oh, well, their life must be perfect. But you've actually gone through mm-hmm. a lot of trauma mm-hmm. growing up. I mean, you lost your father at a young age. You've talked about sexual assault and things like that. I mean, no money in the world Will be it enough for somebody your, to want to go yeah, through something like, like that. Yeah, it's like
2: that's so, such a. When people think that, I I just don't.
1: I don't you lost your father to a motorcycle mm-hmm. accident, which is even. I actually had a friend I think in high school that that happened. I mean, that's already in itself. But um, was do you think that was something you were even able to process as a child, or did that make you, or were you not able to process that? Did that make you want to dive into work, even more, like or how did you deal with that so young i definitely
2: didn't process it i remember i didn't cry for a long time and i felt guilty uh for not crying like i knew i was sad but then it hit and i feel like maybe two months later three months like i was in chocolate like three months like I, I remember that everyone was always crying and that i felt so like odd as a child and confused and then you know it all hit and so I think you know yes initially confusion and shock uh, not being able to really process what's happening you know we are moving to LA to pursue acting and daddy's living in Florida and he's coming back up here and he was literally about like he was two days away from getting on his plane to come move up here and with his business and blah blah blah. And then I remember when that phone call happened, we were were all supposed to go to the beach that day, and I remember opening up my door to my mom's screeches, um, and I remember her standing, and she's on the phone, and she's just, like, screeching as her body is, like, like looking like something is, like, pulling her down, and her body (laughs) keeps trying to stand up. It was it's so interesting to witness that kind of um trauma and pain in real life and not in movies yeah um it was very interesting to see and yeah then it was just like daddy's dead he's gone and we didn't have enough money to fly down there to go to his cremation or say goodbye so my mom went down um and then um brought some photos back of him so that we could see him which i know is supposed to be a good thing and then after that you know i think that just the whole world um just changed in that way and it just you know became really hard on my mom and
1: do you feel like that made you kind of have to grow up fast aside from also being a child actor that made you kind of grow up fast
2: All of the circumstances of my life, I think, made me grow up fast. Every single one of them. Yeah. All of it is just a trifecta of just like,
1: do you think, um, till this day, you're still not grieving your father or, oh, you'll always be processing it. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that you're, when you have death in that way, it's, um, It was just always there and I wrote this uh, part of my book that death is like this crane that's just got all these rocks and it's just laying on top of you and these rocks are just covering you and this crane is just like slowly picking up this rock and it's just so slow and time is the crane. Yeah, It's just, you know, as time things feel a little not as suffocating in in sadness but then there's moments that trigger you like so random like i'll be having a cup of coffee or some shit and i'm like i'll never have a cup of coffee with my father so yeah
1: do you have any advice for anyone that's currently going through the loss of a loved one of how they can cope with something like that
2: you know at first you want to get pain out right you want to cry and you want to play the songs that make you feel like you're being heard at that moment or the movies that make you feel that way, or, you know, invite these kind of sad things into your life. And then, you know, do that, cry it out. There'll never be enough tears to really fill that space, but then stop with those triggers. And, you know, there's something about sadness that sucks you in so much. And, and the, the more you lay in that bed, like the deeper you get. Sometimes you just have to remind yourself, like I have to pull myself out of this, even if it's for two hours to feel better. I have to, there's a point where it's where it's too much and then things become, ooh, dark, dark down there. Not a good place to be.
1: I agree. I think uh, a lot of times people, so have a hard time not being sad because they a, they feel guilty because mm. they feel like guilty that they're not mourning any longer and a lot of times people get scared because when you're crying every day when you're sad about the loss of something it, it's you're still holding on to it and the minute you stop doing that people sometimes are afraid that they'll forget right, that right and that's the only thing but they don't realize that you'll always have those memories and whoever is gone out they want you to be happy they want you to move on yeah I think that's kind of the most like interesting sick cruel funny
2: part about life is they're like you know when they die they want you to be happy after that and that's just realist like that's just that's just being real like they don't want you to spend the rest of your life mourning them and in sadness and not moving on and they really do want the best for you and that's what's so yeah, She's so fucked because you're just like well now you're gone and now you want the best for me bitch when you were here we had problems <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> now we can't work that shit out because you're gone and i've stuck with them in my guilt of our not working out our issues before passing i think like that's like one of the biggest things like especially with family and uh what death really reminds you of all the time is that wow, I have these people and they're alive and they're around me and they care about me or this or that or family. And, you know, when you have fucked up relationships with your family, which I feel like is uh, most people. Yeah. You, I feel like for me, you know, you get to a point of like, I have to put aside some of the hatred or the pain or this and that, because I want to be good with you. And, you know, when you lose people, you're like, damn, I really want to call people and let them know that they are important to me. You know, you, we, we just never make good with people and really make them feel as appreciated as we feel about them in our hearts. Um, yeah and then they die and then you're like fuck i should have done that why yeah. didn't i you know yeah so.
1: yeah i've talked about it before i didn't have a good relationship with my father growing up and as i got older it was kind of something in me that was like you know my dad could be gone tomorrow and mm-hmm. i want him to know mm-hmm. that i love him like i want to work on the relationship because i don't know how many more years is, he has yeah. left so it was important for me to kind of change the we're, dynamic yeah and i always say like for me we're good close you, thank you yeah <laughs> For me, we're close. For other people, it's probably not the same. And we talk on WhatsApp like once a week. And I'm like, we're so close. (laughs) Like He'll email me a meme sometimes. And then then I take like a day to respond. But to me, that's like a really close relationship. Mm. You lost your father when you were nine. Obviously, you're still dealing with that. But um, you've been open about this in the past as well. That's not the only traumatic thing. You talked before about... I don't know why I get so awkward speaking about this.
2: Same thing.
1: Being molested is right. a child. <laughs> but it's not that. I, I just think, I think it's so cool that you've talked about it before because it is such an uneasy subject. But the reason I think it's so great because there's a lot of people out there, maybe some even people in this room, that for them to speak about something like that, it's it, it, it revolves around shame or uncomfortableness or guilt. So to see someone else being able to even speak about something like that, I think is a really big deal. You've talked about before in the past how society makes victims feel like villains. What did you mean by that? Oh, exactly what it says.
2: (laughs) You know, exactly what it says. Um, Our system has a really interesting way of making victims feel like villains. Changing the tables, uh, not hearing the right side. You know, it's not just our system in that way. It's all of our systems. They all do not really do the best for helping people in that situation. They just don't put all of those feet forward that they should they they don't and they make it very difficult and it's very hush hush and the more you say the more we're gonna jump down your throat and that is always such a like if somebody tells you a fucked up story you're not gonna keep going so hard at them asking them jumping down their throat because at some point you're going to start to feel like you're like really prying and it's already hard enough to talk about your trauma and now you're like you keep going deeper that kind of stuff too just like doesn't help people talk about any type of trauma sometimes with people that want to talk about their difficulties in life that they've experienced some people will jump down their throat about it, it and that's not good because then that makes them more uncomfortable about sharing their
1: traumas i remember there was an interview with bill maher is that how I pronounced mm-hmm. his name? Cool, I did it right. And you were trying to be open about your battle with anxiety and depression over the years, and he kind of minimized it. And do you feel like people like him are one of the reasons that sometimes people end up shutting down or not wanting to share their experiences?
2: I feel like people like him is a very like fighting words term that that kind of uh, puts him in a bracket that I'm not sure that he necessarily belongs in. I think he was, you know, conversation is a debate. Sometimes you push a little too far, but I think that, you know, I I don't know, like people like him, I'm like, who are those people like him? I'm not sure what bracket that falls under, but you know, as far as the minimizing comment, yeah, I, I don't know. At some point, it, it felt like, oh, he understood trauma, you know, and under, and, and then at some point, it felt like, you know, maybe he's just debating, and sometimes that's what you know, that's very much how he is with his um, conversations. So, you know, maybe he was just trying to debate the other side, or maybe he thinks Libra. I don't, this is the <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: to be so politically correct i didn't even realize i said people like him and you're just like he literally like was like Um, making you saying you shouldn't have trauma and you're like no i'm mm -hmm. gonna go ahead and defend him i love that what i meant is you're right not people like him it's kind of when someone pries or when someone or when you're trying to share an experience and someone shuts it down it makes a lot of people who are either sexual right, right, right. victims or anything uh-huh. or all that they end up shutting down not wanting to share their experiences because somebody minimizes it
2: right yeah minimizing and i think in situations is bad i think we yeah. do it in general all the time every day without even realizing it like when our friends like yo oh my god this thing happened that's fucked up and you're like that's fucked up um you know but look at the bright side okay <laughs> never say look at the bright side to someone who's going through it right now bitch throw your bright side in the fucking trash okay yeah. and then burn it on fire okay and then bury it I don't know get it out of here it doesn't help people in their trauma or their feelings like I think that and actually it took been a while and in, in our relationship to to learn this and I had to really tell him like baby when you're uh if I'm like crying and I'm like going through it and you're like bright side type shit with me like that is not the way to handle me specifically I need you to be like that is fucked up oh my god fuck those hoes oh no like I need you to be like more mad than me so that I can be like okay it's okay it's okay actually you know what you're, it's it's bad, I know, but but it's it, it'll be okay. Like
1: <laughs> I need to be not the one on the highest level. Like I, yeah, you know. But that's what's crazy. Everyone processes things differently, and mm-hmm. actually, research shows that that's the difference between a lot of times women and men is that men look for solutions. Uh-huh. So it's more like, or for example, I'm actually pretty similar to how we ex, Where my sister one time called me with a complaint, and she was upset over some girl who wasn't being nice or whatever it was. As she's talking about it, I, I, my brain, I'm like, I'm a fix it. This, i'm gonna dm this girl and be like uh-huh. you're being really rude to my sister it's not cool because i've always been the one to defend my sister and like protect her even though go she's older mm-hmm. i've she always been like this? The, the crazy uh-huh. one and then as she's talking i say hey karen don't worry about it i fixed it and she's like what are you talking about and i go i dm'd her and I said, it's not cool what you're doing. And she's like, what? Why would you do that? I was just calling you to vent. I just needed you to be like, yeah, that's so crazy. She's such an asshole. Oh my God, unsend it right uh-huh. now. I can't. And I was like, wait, I'm so confused. Why else I would you I call was me about this? i doing a good
2: thing right now.
1: Yeah, because it's like yeah. you're complaining to me. Then I'm like, I'm, let me fix it. Uh, yeah, All right. she wanted to do was vent. But that's the crazy thing. It's like communication is so different with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like I would think of the same thing. I would either tell you to look at the bright side or I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. let's fix this. Yeah. Versus you just wanna, you just want yeah. me to sit with Sometimes you and be you like, you don't like, want solutions,
2: sucks. yeah. Or yeah. or you're like, let's be mad for like an hour and then give me some solutions. Like, still need the solutions, but like, let me be mad about this. Yeah. What's the sign, Ben? Oh, uh, Gemini. Gemini. Oh, that's
1: really compatible. Libra and Gemini. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. 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 Okay. <laughs> you're like
2: ah, signed off. Click. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, moving back really quick to the other thing that I did want to discuss. Research shows that a lot of actors in general have at one point in their life, issues. Well, obviously, all of them have issues. That's why they need so much attention. But uh-huh. like entertainers in general. But uh-huh. it does show research shows that a lot of actors or entertainers in general, have been molested as children. It's like, oh, a, for whatever really? reason, yes. Like, right now, there it's are two terrible. in this room who have maybe gone through that. So, that, I think that's why I've been walking around this issue. Cause, like, for me, it's a very, I've never talked about something like that, but that's why I'm so excited. Not excited, but it's nice. Not excited. To We're not excited. Someone that can talk about it. Do you mind sharing kind of what you've shared in the past about that, going through that as a child?
2: um you <laughs> so funny the, the way you're asking these things boy has it affected me um in so many ways jesus i feel like every fucking way that you know i'm sure um some type of psychologist or whatever the fuck could come in here and be like oh yeah it's this way and this way and this way and this way and name us a little list here but uh yeah i think that one of the hardest things is like getting into the bedroom with someone can always be a little tricky after having these experiences for like the rest of your life you know it could be a little tricky and not always a great experience even if you are sleeping with someone that you are so into and you really want to be into it in that moment and you're in love with them or whatever the fuck and it you know, can creep up on you in those scenarios. And, you know, there's definitely been times where I have been in the bedroom with a partner and uh, have had to stop due to tears or traumatic flashback or whatever the fuck sometimes. Like, there's one time this in the shower, and I don't know why in the shower, but it just was not good. And I, like, I got so... um Oof! I don't know. I just like afterwards, like could not stop, like, like a really like a hyperventilating cry, like a hard in the chest. I remember my voice was so sore after. I don't know why it just hit me so hard in that in that moment. And um, yeah, that's never that fun. Um, So there's that.
1: So how how would you how would someone else has gone through something like that? How, how would they be able to ad- approach that with a partner? Like, do you, is that something you bring up with, the, with every partner you've had? Be like, hey, by the way, this happened to me? Or do you just kind of not say anything until you have one of those moments?
2: Mm, I definitely say something much way beforehand. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think I bring up this kind of stuff, like I don't even know, like second, third date. Because, like, if you cannot deal with uh, emotional trauma, then, you know, that's okay. You're just not the person for me. Uh, I've got a lot of baggage, and uh, sometimes I need extra arms. You know what I mean? There's no point in me wasting my time with someone if they can't emotionally go there into the dark place and understand that kind of stuff. So I I bring it up really early on because God forbid you start to like really like someone and then you're like BT dubs and they're all like, Oh, yeah that's terrible and then they don't want to make you feel uncomfortable because now they're worried like oh my god is she gonna feel like or is he gonna feel like I'm getting on that like yeah you know, there are things that you know are triggers and whatnot and so people then I feel like worry after you've brought it up like you know it's yeah so I, I think have the conversation if, if someone is not Willing to or receptive of your feelings, then you know just fuck them right out the door in the way of not fucking them at all. Just just whoop because it, they're just they're, they're they're not worth the time or your mental space. no, you need someone who can comfort you and make you feel good so that when you are having s e x you can not have those triggers as often because someone it feels protective it feels like a good nature it feel you know that that will happen i think less those triggers with someone that you have that connection with
1: so for people who are maybe they even blocked out those type of traumas and like for example for me i went through something Um, in my childhood it's fine i like blocked it out like i didn't even know it ever happened and then years later something triggered and then suddenly it's like my memory started to go back and i was just like whoa and i remember for me personally i had a so many questions and i was like years later so i didn't know kind of how to approach it but i also remember that i started to feel really grossed out about myself because it made me realize certain things i like sexually
2: had to do with that which is and because that's a nasty conversation exactly Uh, but it's because
1: no one talks about it you don't even know because you just end up being grossed out with yourself yeah you're you're
2: guilty you're You're like why would would i I like like this this? yeah oh oh i know i i i yeah one i'm sorry two <laughs> yeah. it's terrible three the world is clearly a piece of shit place all the time and yeah. four i'm sorry about those other thoughts too like I, I i hate being there because like i you know you don't know how to feel about it you're like exactly. i want to feel the right way so yeah. tell me the right way to feel about this because you know it's like ugh, these feelings are inside of me like yeah they are that is what i like like there are that you know and you're just like I don't want to feel guilty yeah, or disgusting. Because you're like, wait, ashamed. I always
1: like this. For Wait. The way I liked having oh, sex for all this time those, Or the way I watched the specific yeah. porn that I watch right? Then that's the that's what's so S- I The search, search bar
2: porn oh, Exactly no. the and then words. you're like
1: this is why I search for this It took me so long and I was like Disgusted with myself until I finally I had a conversation With other people just about The porn they like and then I find out other people Were watching that type of porn too Because mm-hmm. I thought I had to do I was like discussing
2: uh-huh. And that's
1: what sucks because You don't talk about these things They're uncomfortable you don't know how to share those mm-hmm. type of things So for anyone out there that has gone through childhood trauma and now they're trying to live past it. What advice do you have for them about coping with it and moving forward? Is it like therapy? Is it talking to someone?
2: I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of mental ways that like things that you can get your, you know, hands on. There's, you know, hotlines and, you know, talking to people and therapy and these different things. But, you know, sometimes I think that a lot of people are just don't want to do any of those things. Like they just want to figure it out in themselves and they don't want to. Like, talk about these things and share these things with other people, even if they aren't being judged at all, and have a safe place to talk, still, it's quite uncomfortable. So, the more you talk, definitely the better it is. When I started telling people in my life about my trauma, and you know, first it started with really, really, really close people, and then The more I talked about it, uh, the better I felt and the more I understood how I felt about it. That's one of the great things about speech is that when you in your mind, it's like, so funny, you have these thoughts, but they're also Mm -hmm. hard to read in there. And when you speak them, a lot of times you actually understand how you actually feel about something when you say it. And that has been really helpful. And then that opened it up to, oh, wow, I, I really should talk about this more. And the more people that I actually meet, holy fuck, this happens to a lot of people. And it felt like I was entering this kind of Safe community of people that just understood what it felt like, and that was a big thing of not feeling so alone, not feeling like this is the pain that I have and I hold, and it's only mine. And it's like yeah. it's okay, it's also other people's, and that I, I I don't know that that helps, but for some reason, for me, it feels like it's okay. I, I, I have this too, or this thing or that thing. And, and it just, and I don't know, it feels good to feel not so alone.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Exactly. Once you talk about it, then it doesn't feel like you are a dirty little secret. Yeah. Whether it's oppression, whether it's right. sexual assault, mm-hmm. child other, traumas, yeah. other traumas. Yeah, I agree. But
2: yes, I think it's important to remind yourself this, this moment is, is one moment in my life. I am bigger than this moment. I am more than this moment. I will continue to be more than this moment. This moment does not define me. And it, again, is just one moment along all the other moments that will happen in my life. Just hammer that into your brain as much as you can when you feel your weakest. Recite that to yourself. Uh, Because one of the things that I feel like would be more, would make you even more mad after having something really traumatic happen is like letting them win god giving it more power in mental space in your brain that's like makes me more mad at myself when i'm like get yeah, like i'm like damn and you still have this fucking hold of me and i want to get out of this hold and i yeah. want to get out of your grasp and the the thing that i can do that would feel the strongest or the most rewarding to myself would be to get out of this grasp yeah part of the issue around mental health is we're all like here here are these things do them and be better you will be and it's like look everything is easier said than fucking done the shit is still hard you know you can say it all day but that you 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 can say it all day and yet not believe it but at some point you will believe it you just have to keep saying it you have to convince yourself like that is so important
1: Okay. So really quick, since we're, we should be wrapping up. Um, obviously now you have a partner you guys are engaged Mm -hmm. do you think before you find that partner that you can love do you believe that you have to first love yourself or do you think you can just figure that out as you're falling in love (laughs) with someone else
2: you can figure it out (laughs) don't worry about it kid you'll be fine no um obviously yeah like the ideal situation is to love yourself but the, the problem is is that you're like well if i have to love myself before i love anybody else that could take the whole rest of your life until the day you die you don't know if you'll ever fully love yourself. Like that is such a, that's such a hard idea to grasp for the brain. How can you love yourself to the fullest extent of everything you have? That's just like not, I feel like that's one of those toxic positivity things when it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, love yourself to the fullest. And you're like, yeah, I can love myself and I need to work on loving myself constantly. And I'll keep working on that every fucking day. Well, I
1: think it's if you change the definition, the definition of loving yourself is also being realistic and understanding that not every day you're going to love yourself. Right. Every day. Exactly. You have to choose yeah. to love
2: yourself in that way. Yeah, exactly. No. There's <laughs> one thing
1: <laughs> when you completely don't love yourself. So then you end up, because we're mirrors. We attract who we are at that moment. So mm. if I'm feeling shitty about myself and I'm insecure or I'm emotionally unavailable and whatever else, I will most likely attract those type of partners. So it's kind of the same thing. If, I, if I'm not at my best, I will, I will most likely attract people not, not their best because if I don't love myself it's going to be hard for me to date someone who loves me because I'm going to be like, I don't love myself. How can you love me? And as much as people think they're not doing it, they do it when they're constantly running away or when they're self-sabotaging and things like that. This is just from psychology books that I've been reading. Not from my own personal experience because I don't date anymore. But
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anymore, she said.
1: Yeah. Um, What would you say, what's one non-negotiable thing that you have when it comes to dating?
2: Garlic. Like if garlic is not in the situation, I'm not in the situation
1: like if they're it's like that's what just if they're truth? like allergic to garlic
2: i'm not in this situation i'm not i'm sorry you could be the love of my life bye But uh, like there'll be another one i don't know what to tell you about that bro i'm not negotiable it's not negotiable expecting that from all
1: things like <laughs> garlic. I, I
2: remember i was like um like 17 16 16 yeah on this date and we were at the counter you know the burger please? Delicious, by the way. Love it. And um <laughs> they have those garlic truffle fries. And I order them when the server asks. And he goes, she's kidding. <laughs> no, I I am not. I will take the garlic truffle fries. And then he again like laughs. And then he looks at me and he sees just how serious I am and that I'm I'm actually very close to being offended. And he is like, Oh yeah, trouble. yeah, the girl. Yeah, but for you, you're idea. like, it's over. Yeah, you're I was done. just like, um, I am eating this. And if you like still want to kiss me, then that's cool. If you don't want to kiss me, goodbye. <laughs> because I will find out who will well. Trust. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's just not, not happening. Not happening. And I think if your partner likes garlic, like just eat some garlic. Then you don't like, the, you, you know. Yeah. Once you eat the same thing as somebody else, you're just like, all right.
1: What's the worst day you've ever been on? Do you have like a memory? The worst date? Yeah, the worst date you've ever been on.
2: Oh, I do. I remember, I don't know that it's the worst, I'm sure I've heard worst dates, but this definitely comes to mind. So this guy's picking me up. And I walk out my front gate and do go in his car and I go by the passenger side and I am waiting there. And he is in the car, yeah. And (laughs) he is looking at me through the window. So I'm just staring at him through the passenger window. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, come on. And I'm literally like, yeah. And then I'm standing there for so long. And now the fact that he is like, won't is like about to actually debate whether to do it or not is now making me like, no, no, I'm really not getting in the car. Like, you know, I really not going to get in until you physically open the store for me. Cause that's just like, what are you even doing? And then, you know, he comes, he's like, okay, you open store. Come, I get in the car. And so I'm already like, "Uh uh-huh. Red flag, number one, bad. No. And then, um, bad review. (laughs) And, um, then in the car, he starts debating, the situation again about oh was it really that big of a deal for me to open your your door and this and that and i'm like was it really that big of a deal not to open it and he's like i don't know if you ask me it feels like a lot of effort i literally luckily i was like i was like pull over and he's like no and then we're like just parking at this light and so i open my door to try out he's like okay i'll pull over and then i'm like we're just weird. This is, this is not happening. Like if you think right now, like, first of all, I'm not gonna even waste my time on this date, bitch. I could be doing better things, okay? So if you think that opening the door, if you're gonna even debate that opening the door is yeah. just like a little too much at, ap- oh oh you had me wrong fish. like let me pull out the brass knuckles to the diamond ring saying somebody go get choked like i was literally so offended that he was debating this and i was just like there's there i am so much effort i just want you to know if you're if we're going on on a date right now and you think that like you want this to make this situation happen between you and me i am so much effort so oh. much effort opening the door is probably like Thank you thing on my scale of what you need to fit for effort wise yeah like i'm talking high standards so we should just stop let's not waste our time this is too much effort let's just stop i'm going home and i literally did did he ever call you after that oh yeah yeah and, and like i still know that guy like we're still like friends but like not really like i'm like guy, you're Wait, like that's
1: kind of amazing i feel like a lot of other people would be like okay whatever he's an asshole i'm just gonna finish this the fact that you were like no i have standards and that's like you can't even do that i'm out like honestly the fact that you're gonna
2: even argue this right now is like like but it was it was baffling me to a point of laughing anger like real rage of like (laughs)
1: like,
2: (laughs) it was yeah yeah
1: a lot of guys will put down a girl so then you don't think you're too hot for them so then it kind of like they'll bring you back up guys do that it's like a real thing the men do you I don't. thought you're just like you're, you, You're
2: insecure, so you want to like make me feel bad, not just like get me in bed. Like, Both. how does that get me in bed?
1: If I'm insecure, I don't want you like, and I think you're better than me. Uh, we're dating, uh-huh. and I want to uh-huh. fuck you. Like, I don't want you to know that I already think that. So I'm gonna be like, oh, you know, I mean, you dress a little silly, or like, I mean, oh, you're, I usually God. prefer brunettes. So this, oh, oh, I usually like brunettes, but you'll do as a joke like that, and then oh. you'll
2: you blow my mind. Like, I, I feel like now my my entire outlook on dating has really changed and You know, I don't really feel like. I I've actually been on a lot of dates with a lot of shit bags uh, of people. And now that you've said this, I'm like, oh wow, I really have been on a lot of date with like some people that aren't aren't good. Like I never understood I
1: yeah. guess I never thought now about- if someone was like, Oh, I prefer brunettes, I-, I would be like, Okay, well now you're gonna love blondes. Like, that would be my response now. But years ago, I've been like, should I dye my hair brown?
2: Literally, bye-bye. Like, because yeah. you just could not be dealing with people saying comments to you that should not be said. Yeah. And I always am like, I think that's so rude when people do that. In general, besides relationships, friends, whatever. And you're like... First of all, picking out anything about anybody like, bitch, what are you thinking? Like they're obviously you're just like one, if they're not already insecure about it, you're now creating a new insecurity. Like if we needed any more of those to fucking add to the list, one, rude Two, if I do already have this insecurity, now you're feeding this insecurity that shouldn't even be there because it shouldn't be there. And you're like, I, oof. and that's why I'm also really selective with my like friend group and the people I keep around because, you know, I have seen a lot of uh, hurt, damaged people, damaged other people and that is sad and then there's some hurt damaged people that really just want to work on themselves and you give those people a chance they say some things you let them know why those things weren't great or how they made someone feel bad and then like you'll find people that are like oh shit really I didn't realize when I said that fuck you really think they feel bad about that and I'm like yeah bro I think that like kind of hit a nerve and then you have those people that actually decide to change and they're like yeah I don't want to do that fuck like why did I say that and so those people you can give time of day but the other people I don't know like they're just damaged but I
1: think communication is important because also people get offended by different things like if you have an insecurity and I have no idea you have it how would I know yeah, so just making the joke and saying the thing, you're like. I think, you think it's could more be about, picking at anything here. I think it's more about if now I know. Something bothers you, and now I still do it. That's when it's like, okay, then we we shouldn't be in each other's life, right? But there's
2: also kind of some people that, I mean, you know how I feel because you do have a a, a more of a me and joking sense of humor, so you you know, I've said it before, um, how yes. I feel. So you you know, like even when it's not, um, even if you don't say that someone has an insecurity, you just people just need to be more, you know, watchful and know that if someone said this to you. Yeah, would it feel good? Would you? You could literally be—I don't even care. I don't even care. The skinniest bitch in the world, and someone just says one thing about pants being too tight, or your your side is coming over your pants, or whatever the comment is, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, like don't do it to people. Don't do it. It's not nice. No one likes it. Not good.
1: Yeah. Let's say you finally realize this person's not for me. How do you deal then with breaking up with a friend?
2: Mm, Yeah. I haven't always been good at that. I'm like really honest. And that is kind of can be hurtful, but I'll just straight up be like, like when I see them or in that moment that I'm like, oh, this is fucked. I'm like, bro, I'm sorry, but like, this is just I don't I can't do it man I don't like it it makes me feel bad even just having this conversation it's very like I'm just I'm sorry man like I gotta go and you then give literally a lot of go. Chances first. Or? oh yeah I give too many chances too. that's that's my bad that's me too. always my bad too me many chances too.
1: and then but once I'm done like then you're fucking done i like i will sometimes i don't block block, people but i have blocked some if some if i know this person's not gonna leave me alone and they're like too much emotional baggage yeah 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 i will just eventually block yeah so what are you currently working on
2: jewelry line really really excited about La one um i love jewels i love diamonds i love all of it and so i'm very excited about this i'm not going to reveal the idea behind the brand yet but i'm really excited about that and then um geez movies coming out filming them all the time just literally all the time so um is that doing a lot of writing working on some books and um writing tv and movie getting more into production um don't forget about Glasshouse and Forbidden Flowers. Um, smoking weed is important, people. It is. And uh, the Weldon Project, if you have some time, look it up and sign it, please. The Weldon Project. Favorite. Yes.
1: Bella and I took a second to become friends because she thought at first that I was really mean. She didn't get my jokes. She didn't get my sense of humor. And she thought I was mean for a minute. I, you don't think I'm mean anymore. Until
2: I just accepted Until you accepted you it. You
1: no, until I like, I think person. it took me a second to soften up. But I'm, I'm a pretty nice person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I also usually tend to like the bitchier girls. Like that's kind of my type in general of people and best friends. Like, I do love a girl with, like, a hard stance on what she likes to say and things, like, and I guess maybe it's because I don't have that, so I I do like it, but, yeah, it did, it seemed a little too harsh at first. I was like, oh, she's scaly me. But anywho, we're here, (laughs) and, uh, yeah. Well,
1: now we're back. (laughs) Sick. Uh... (laughs) Love that. Well, I grew on you. Yeah. That's usually the case with everyone. Mm-hmm. So we're good then. OK.
2: Beautiful little wart
1: growing <laughs> like, on me. Yeah. I'm like Harpies, You can't get rid of me at this point. So uh, where can people find you?
2: Smoking what? weed in random places. I don't know.
1: On Instagram, at Bella oh, Thorne, right. well, on movies. that uh-huh. Movies are coming out end of this year and next year. You can find her and then all the brands. I'll also leave in the description, whatever she's working on. You guys can see it there, description of this episode. And yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Of course, yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, guys, I love you. hope you have a beautiful day. Make sure to follow Bella if you don't already and follow all of her projects. And I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.